So today, um, I got a teaching for you, some things I've uh, wrote down, some things I want to share uh, from my heart. I, I typically don't uh, address uh, um, a, a Father's Day message uh, like I, I, I just, just don't. Uh, my wife does a lot of the Mother's Day's uh, message and she's so good at it. And, um, but I felt so strong, what's been in my heart about the men, that I wanted to address the fathers and the men in here today. Although, ladies, you're going to get something as well. I promise you, you're going to get something. I want to talk about how to impact the blessing of God, men, your father, upon your children and your children's children. I personally believe that the body of Christ in large part is missing out on this as being one of the most significant things that we have in the earth, and that's learning how to bless the next generation. And God set it up that he didn't, he loves the women, and we just had Mother's Day, and we told you all about how great you are. But you know men are great too. And there's a, there's a move in the earth to make men bad or wrong. And I'm just, I'm the type of guy, I don't tolerate that stuff. For me, no one's going to make me feel that way because I know who I am, but I want other men to know who they are as well. And you're never going to find a perfect man, but ladies, we ain't never going to find a perfect woman either. We all need each other, and we're all imperfect, and we're all learning. We're all in the learning curve. Somebody say amen to that. And we have a, we have a perfect father who's shown us how to live life the way that he wants us to live it. And if you're a man in this room, there's something incredible that God's given you, and that's the power to bless According to Scripture, the benefits of the Father's blessing are far-reaching and make the difference between success and failure and victory and defeat and happiness and sadness in a child's life. And in America today, I don't have the stats in front of me. I don't want to bore anybody with the details of stats. But I will tell you, it's pretty obvious that we have, we're living in a society today where it's pretty much going to a fatherless, fatherless society where the father is no longer in the picture, in the home, or if he is, he's an absent, absentee father in his emotions. And that's got to change. And I think it's because we don't, as men, sometimes know who we are. And women, I think, sometimes are really good at stepping into roles or stepping into gaps, especially when it comes to children because they're maternal. Obviously, we're not. We're not a maternal being, but you are, so you step into those places and fill in those gaps. And we thank God for you. But sometimes the men, uh, they don't know how to uh, react in situations. And so it's fight or flight. Most of the time, it ends up becoming a flight. And they move away because somebody didn't show them how they were supposed to be as a man. I grew up in a household where my father was in, in the picture. And he's a good man, a provider, and loved God. And I had an example of a father in my home. And... Um, Maybe that's one of the reasons why he's called me to be a pastor because I, 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 I can see what a father's role really is. He wasn't a perfect father, and I'm not a perfect father. But I can tell you, I can tell you he loved God and he did his best. And where there was imperfections in him, it's because there was imperfections in his own father. And you can't, here's the lesson, you can't give what you don't have. So if you have missing pieces of the puzzle of your life, how can you explain that to anybody? How can you give that to anybody when you yourself, it was never given to you from another male authority or from a father? And so we got to cut guys a break sometimes because they simply don't know what to do, and that's got to change. I want to see in this church men get raised up to become fathers in the house. 
So when other men come in who don't know what to do, we can step into that role and become a surrogate father. Not a biological father, but a spiritual daddy who can say, look, this is what you do. Here's how you do it. And somebody to show them. I used to for years get frustrated with some of the men of our, in our church. And then it hit me. It must have been by the Holy Ghost. It hit me. Wow, they just don't know. They don't respond. I'm thinking, why don't you just do this? Well, you can't respond if you don't know how to respond in that manner. And so I want to show you in the scriptures how important you are, how powerful you are. And even if you've been estranged from your children, you can turn that around and begin to bless them that the empowerment of God can come upon them because blessing is the very opposite of cursing. Proverbs 26.2 says, No curse ever happens without a cause. For like a flying swallow, so a curse without a cause shall not alight, or in other words, it will not land. Okay? The absence of the blessing makes the, the way for the curse to lay hold of somebody's life. In other words, the cause for curses in a, a person's life may be due because we as fathers failed to be responsible to bless our children. And where there is no blessing, the curse can come along. If we see our children, let's, see, let's say our girls that are promiscuous, it's because the father may not have said, you're a beautiful young woman, you deserve the very best, you don't have to settle for second, and you don't have to lay down for any man just because he says you're pretty. And, and, and so... But a lot of us didn't have that coming up, so we didn't know what to do when our girls got of age and we saw them becoming a woman and we just began, instead of, instead of getting closer to them and helping them through the process of what a man will do and what a man will not do, we got a little more, we got a little afraid of them. And so we never engaged with them. And that happens a lot with fathers and daughters and with fathers and sons, the same exact way. And so our responsibility is, I would say this, if your daughter's still young, when she gets a little bit older, you say, Daddy will be your first date. And if the, the next date you have that's not me doesn't match up to the date I'm going to give you, then he's not the one for you. I'm going to show you what a real man does in a date. Come on, somebody. And it ain't going to bed. Amen with somebody. Obviously, not with the father. So the truth of the matter is, is that if you don't bless, the curse can come. Somebody's going to come and bring that curse. So how does this blessing get transferred? Well, the first way we see in the word of God, the blessing comes by way of speaking it by declaring it, by making declarations over your children. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. So my words are like seeds that go into the ground of somebody's heart and produces fruit. But also the Bible says my tongue produces death and life. So not only can I speak life, but watch out now, I can also speak death. Supernatural demonic powers gain entrance through negative words spoken by one person over another. That's why you got to watch your mouth when it comes to your family and when it comes to your children. Be very careful what comes out of your mouth. Because the enemy can attach itself to words that are not pleasing, that are unrighteous, and that are filled with curse. 
We have to be diligent as fathers not to let the heat of the moment get to us and speak curse words rather than blessing. When we get upset, when we get frustrated, when we get angry, and we all do, and then we lash out at one of our children, not talking about the spouse right now, but just talking about our kids, and we say things to them we shouldn't say in our frustration. We say, you know, you're the real problem around here. You know what? You're just stupid or you're just lazy. You're never going to amount to nothing. Look at you, and you're going to end up like so-and-so, which obviously so-and-so is a negative person in your life, and they know it. What, what's happening? You're driving home an image in their spirit with your words that's bringing about a curse in their life. Instead, you need to count to 10, hold your breath, don't say a word, and when your kids frustrate you, just know that God sees something in them that you may not see, but your job is to find out what that is, to seek it out, and to speak it over their life, and tell them you're going to be okay. I know you're having trouble right now at school, but everything's going to iron out because there's a call of God, there's a purpose of God. You're going to do great things. You're going to be better than I am. Amen. But sometimes we have to dig deep for that because nobody told us that. And my, I would say things, well, why doesn't uh, my son just do this? I would say, why don't my daughter just do that? And my wife would say, honey, they don't know. I said, well, I knew. And she said, well, I said, and I said, and nobody taught me. She says, that's your story. But that's not their story. She'd always remind me, and they would calm me down a little bit. That's right. They just don't know. My job is to show them, not to assume that they already know this. Amen. And just because you figured out some things in life doesn't mean they're going to figure out some things in their life. This is true of everything. The blessing is far more powerful than the curse, y'all. Far more powerful than the curse. And, and, and you find out that, that, that when you speak the blessing, it overrides any curse. Look at what Matthew 5, 43 says. Jesus taught this. He said, you've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who what? Curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Blessing is far more powerful than cursing. I want you to remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 when you're going down the road and somebody cuts you off in traffic. And you want to curse them. Hey, I know you're saved. I know you're saved. But still you want to curse them. But instead, Jesus said, why don't you go ahead and bless them? Amen. So when they give you the one-way sign, their finger to heaven. Come on, somebody see the wrong finger. It's not that finger. And you get upset, right? We get, we get violated. We're offended by what they have just done. And we want to lash up and say, just, just wait. Go, God bless you. God bless you. I speak blessing over you. What are you doing? You're heaping coals of fire on them. Nobody fights the blessing. What can you do with that? People that, that start a fight, they're looking for a fight. Am I right? Jesus said, don't do that. Bless, don't curse. If they use you, don't use them. Help them. If they persecute you, don't give them more persecution. Or they spitefully use you, keep, just keep on going. Don't, don't give them hate. Give them love instead. The power of a blessing is supernatural. When your kids upset you, bless them. It's the presence and the work of the Holy Spirit that comes uh, that produces joy and peace and prosperity, produces uh, health and success and protection, and it produces fruitfulness. 
To be blessed is to be in God's favor and literally have his face to shine on you and to shine on them. It's blessing people that brings the favor of God. I want to share with you very quickly today, not going to keep you long at all, just want to run through this with you, some things I learned that uh, there are principles in pronouncing the blessing. We have an earthly father, and maybe he was no good. Maybe he just didn't help us at all. Maybe he even hindered us in life a little bit. But beyond that, we have a heavenly father. And we see in Scripture how he worked with his children, that the heavenly father, God, blessed in the very beginning of time in the garden, Adam and Eve. As soon as Adam and Eve were created in Genesis 1.28, the Bible says, and God blessed them. The first action he does as a father with his children, he blesses them. And God said to them, here, now he's declaring the blessing, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish, the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. The Father's blessing from the very beginning was for his people, his children, to be fruitful and to have dominion. Fruitfulness and dominion. Because if you don't have fruit, you become frustrated. A fruitless life is a frustrated life. But the blessing comes upon them and says, you are to be fruitful. That's who you are. You're going to produce fruit. Even though you're now in a bump in a road and it seems like you can't get over the, uh, around the curve or around, over the bump, trust me, it's going to happen. This is who you are. You're going to produce fruit. I believe, and I was talking with Robbie about this earlier today, I believe that just people just need somebody to believe in them. I truly believe with all my heart it's so scriptural and so powerful that we as men, especially as fathers with our kids, if we'll just simply believe in them, really from our hearts, and say they're going to overcome. They can do it. There are more than conquerors. They're going to have a great life, a better life than me. If you believe that, those kids will rise to that level. I promise you, people need to be believed in. Our inner cities are filled with young people who just need to be believed in. Because some of them are past the age of beating them. Come on, somebody, you can't rip them till they're 35. Amen. But now then you got to show some different kind of love and instruction by saying, I believe in you. I know you've had a nasty time. I know it's not been evil, easy, and I know that you've done things you shouldn't have done. But here's the deal. I believe in you, and I just trust with all my heart you're going to be able to overcome in this area. If they had somebody, especially a male role model, that would just believe in them, I believe they'd fight with everything they've got. But when nobody believes in you, and you don't even know who you are, you can't see the forest for the, for the trees. Because why? Because now you're so overwhelmed by life, you can't see the end of the tunnel. And so all you do is try to put one foot in front of the other. We need a father's blessing. One of the greatest blessings we can speak over our children and families is that of fruitfulness. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, who sits in the seat of scorn. And the Bible talks about the blessed man. In verse 3 it says this, he shall be like a tree by rivers of water 
that bring forth its fruit in its season. Talking about the person who is blessed will be like a tree that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. I think mom, dad especially, you ought to be praying that over your children. Break out your Bible, get Psalms chapter 1-3 and say this is who you are. You're not going to be frustrated in your life. You're going to have fruit in your life. You're going to be a tree by many waters and you're, everything you do is going to prosper. Amen. It's amazing that by the simple act of faith and speaking blessings over another person, especially your children, we can activate the very power of God to come on the scene that does what? That changes a person's life, changes their circumstances, give them a head start in their life. God blessed his first man and woman, Adam and Eve. And then the Bible says he does it again. God blesses Abraham. Chapter 12 of the book of Genesis, verse 1. Now the Lord has said to Abram, get out of your country from your kindred and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. And I'll bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God not only wants to bless us, but he wants us to be so blessed until you shall be a blessing. That's what he said. I'll bless you and you shall be a blessing. So God blesses us to transfer that blessing into somebody else. And for some of you in this room today, you're like an Abraham in the spirit realm. In other words, you're the first among your people to be born again. And nobody else taught you. Nobody else showed you. So there is going to be a little additional uh, challenge for you than it was for maybe your children because you're learning it for the very first time. And as you learn it for the very first time, you've got to test it out, try it out. And there's sometimes some pain involved in that. Sometimes there's some trial and error, error involved in that. But if you keep with it, God's blessed you for the very purpose so you can transfer that blessing to your children. You don't quit. You keep fighting. I know nobody showed you, but you keep fighting anyways. You are blessed so that you can be a blessing. Also, we see that God the Father blesses another son by the name of Isaac. God blessed him in Genesis chapter 25, verse 11. After the death of Abraham, God blessed his son Isaac. And Isaac dwelt at Beer Lahai Roi. And that means, that word means the well of the living one who beholds me. So he's at a well, and it's called the living one who beholds me, God who beholds me. He, he holds me. There is a rich significance that we find in names throughout the word of God. And here Isaac dwelt at a place that was a place of special blessings, where there was refreshing waters, by the way provided for him by the one who beholds him with divine favor. So God blessed Isaac, his son. God the Father also blesses his only begotten son by the name of Jesus. And it says in Matthew 3, 16, then Jesus, when he had been baptized, came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now you've seen us do uh, us act that out on platform. You've seen it in the movies. It's so powerful. So he's being baptized Jesus by his cousin John 
in the Jordan. And as he's being baptized, unbeknownst to anybody, maybe even to Jesus, I'm, I'm sure it was. The Bible says the heavens opened and the Spirit of God came in the form of a dove, came upon, alighted upon him. Notice, no curse alighted upon him, but the dove, in other words, the, the, the Spirit of God came or alighted upon him. And then a voice from heaven, the Father speaks and said, this, Jesus, is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The Father, there's nothing like the Father that tells the son or the daughter, I, you are my child, and I am pleased with you. Not that everything you've done is correct, although Jesus was correct, but beyond that, you are my child, and I am pleased with you. What's happening? He's confirming to Jesus. He's confirming to the world who Jesus is. And he's affirming to Jesus of whose he is. So he's confirming to the world that this is my son. And he's affirming to Jesus, I am pleased with you. I got your back. I don't care what comes. You know you're my son. And everything that I have, you are an heir to. Come on, somebody. I got you on this. Is this boring, y'all? I know it ain't a message for everybody, but it's got to be a message for at least a lot of you. So we see the Heavenly Father speaking words of approval and blessing. Jesus was blessed with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He is equipped for the miracle ministry and also the death. He had to lay down his life. That was coming ahead. So he comes from out of the waters. He's affirmed. He's confirmed. He goes right in to be tempted by the devil. He goes right into spiritual warfare. Dads, we need you to speak over the children because they're going into battle and the enemy's trying to trip them up, trying to pull them away, trying to test them and tempt them and trials, tribulation and bring them back into the world. Our job is to say, that's not who you are. That's not what you were created for. Affirm them, confirm them. So when they go through the battle, they'll come out. And by the way, the devil might fight hard, but he doesn't fight long. It only took 40 days. And the Bible said the devil, the Bible said the devil had to leave Jesus for another opportune time. He couldn't touch him after that and went right into miracle ministry after that. Same is true for you, whatever it may be, business, ministry, I, whatever God's called and purpose your children to become, that's what they're going into, but not without the battle. But in the battle, as long as I know my dad's got my back, Jesus had done nothing yet. At that point of the Jordan, still the Father blessed him. Even though our children have done nothing yet to even, we could say, oh, yeah, they now deserve my respect or my uh, affirmation. No, just because they're your children, you bless your kids. Even the one that's driving you crazy, that's the one that really needs a double portion right there. Amen. Isaac blessed his sons. Isaac was begging God for Rebecca, his wife, to be pregnant because she couldn't conceive. He begged for a miracle, and she didn't get one. She got double for her trouble, and she was pregnant with twins and didn't know it until this, until Genesis 25, 23. The word of the Lord came and said, two nations are in your womb. She felt the turmoil in her belly. Two people shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. A prophetic declaration over the kids. Hebrews 11.20, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. Those are the two twins concerning things to come. 
I think as fathers, we should be praying and asking God, what should we be telling our children? We may not get these long prophecies, but maybe just one word, two words, a sentence, something to bless our kids with. The blessing, uh, the blessings were prophetic. This is another characteristic of the Father's blessing, in my opinion. It is prophetic. It speaks forth the Heavenly Father's sovereign purposes over your kids. Sometimes I think we look at our kids and we say, oh, they're cute. They're just a little bundle of joy. They kind of look like me, kind of look like her, you know. And it's just, they're just so wonderful. They're just, no, they're more than just a, a little life. They're a life force that's been sent from God, from heaven, to do something on planet Earth that has purpose and meaning. And our job is to help guide that. Find. We may not have all the pieces, but we should have some way as guiding our children, and I'm going to tell all the moms in the room, even though uh, your husband, ex, um, baby daddy, however it came about, uh, is not in the picture, there is an anointing. God will anoint you to lay your hands on your children. You know because you've already felt it. Secondly, that's why we have uh, the house of God. We have elders in this ministry, including myself. Bring your kids to one of our elders and order me. We'll lay our hands and bless those children. And we stand not as biological fathers, but as spiritual representatives of the Father on earth to bless your kids. There's ways to get your kids blessed. And if you do have a halfway okay, decent sort of kind of relationship with baby daddy, then get him on the phone after this message and say, I heard a word today. You jerk, you get to this house. You've not blessed our kids. You lay your hands on them, but I don't want them around. I'm mad at them. Don't, be, don't do that. It's not about that. It's about them kids. They have an anointing, but they don't serve God. doesn't matter. There's something transferable. God, speak some words over our kids. You remember when my wife made me pray the prayer I didn't want to pray? About going to Chicago, and we didn't, the car wouldn't work, and she said, all I got to do is confess the word. I said, I ain't going to confess the word. She said, you got to speak the word. I said, I didn't believe it. But she had me doing it, and then I had to praise God. I didn't want to praise God. Amen. I wasn't serving the Lord at the time, right? She was, I wasn't. But she said, we got to do it in the power of agreement. And God did a miracle. It's the principle that counts. So you get that sucker over there and lay hands on them kids. I don't care if they're 25 years old. Get over here. Lay your hands on these kids and bless these kids in Jesus. What do I say? Read this. I'll write you a script. Read it. And give Psalms 1-3. Amen. You think I'm kidding? I'm telling you the truth. We need this. This is true stuff here. Dad's got to come back into our lives. Father's got to come back. And some of you are great, great fathers. Most of you I know here are great, great fathers. You're doing the best you can. Uh, uh, Romans 9-11 says, For the children not yet being born, nor having done evil or good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to election, might stand not of works but of him who calls. It just shows you that a child may not do anything that, that deserves praise, but the fact that they're on earth, God has a purpose intended for them, and our job is to bless them so that purpose can come forth. And by the way, if that's blessed, it's going to bless you back in your life as well. Hebrews 11.20, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. Remember the twins? Concerning things to come, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. I read this, and it just hit me. Another principle that applies to the Father's blessing is given in the act of worship. 
As Jacob blessed his sons, he worshiped leaning on the top of his staff. I didn't articulate this in the first service the way I wanted to. It didn't come out quite the way I wanted to, but in this service, I'm going to do it. That's why I believe it's so imperative that we bring our kids into the house of God together and we worship God. Even though um, many times we are separated by a wall, our kids are over here or our youth are on this side at times, we're still coming together as a family to worship the Lord. And in that worship, there's a release of the anointing of God. And many times in that worship, and sometimes we have our kids with us in different services, you can lean over to your son or your daughter, put your arm around them and tell them something, whisper something to them about who they are and how thankful you are for them in, in your life and your part of their life. Um, it was in worship that Jacob blessed not only his sons, but also we find out Jacob blesses his grandchildren. Now that I'm a grandfather, this kind of excites me. So not only should a father bless his children, but he should also bless his grandchildren. Now my son is a man of God, and so he blesses his daughter. But I can't help myself. When I hold her, I give God thanks for her, and I blessed her when she was born. I can't take away his blessing that he gives to her, but I can impart the blessing God's given to me into her and also into my future grandbabies. And especially if your children are not serving God. Amen. Well, guess what, Grandma? Grandpa, grab them kids and bless them real good. Amen. Oh, yeah, they'll be raised in that way, and you'll find out that God will actually, he'll actually put a stamp of approval on the blessing that you give them. Um, Genesis 48, here's the proof. God before whom my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, walked, the God who has fed me all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads. Talking about his grandkids. Let my name be named among the, upon them and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Wow. Jacob blesses his 12 sons. We could get into that. David blesses his own household, all of his sons and daughters. Um, I found this so cool as I was studying this. The word bless in both Hebrew and Greek words means this. It means to declare happy. So we're blessing our kids. You can say, I declare your life happy. Now, happy is an emotion. But don't we want happy in our life? So in other words, no matter what I'm doing in my life, I want joy, but I want to experience happiness. I want peace, but I want to experience, I want prosperity, but I want happiness. Amen. So when we lay our hands on our children, we bless them. I declare you happy in your life. Amen. And, of course, finally, Jesus, we see him in the New Testament, blesses all the children that come to him. And the disciples try to shoo him away. Don't bother the master. But Jesus said, don't do that. Bring them to me. And he laid his hands upon each of them, and he blessed them. He declared them happy 
in their life, and the blessing of God um, came upon them in that moment. That's the power of the transferring of the blessing. So, Dad, if you haven't done that yet, you can do it. I don't care if your son's an adult. Get some coffee and, and, and go to the, I don't care, Starbucks, whatever. Make it at your house. Bring them over and say, I got to do something. And just grab their hands and bless them. It's a, it's a, it's a two-second thing. Just bless them. And then keep doing that and keep doing that and get your grandkids and bless them and keep doing it. Come on, we got to give our children a fighting chance around here. Did y'all enjoy that word? Now, I know that's not one of those common Pruitt messages right there, but that's a teaching that's solid to stay with you the rest of your life, I promise you, and bless you and your generations to come. Amen.